This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning, everybody. It is 8.52 a.m. Central Daylight Time, June the 7th, 2019. This is episode 104 of Bitcoin and... Looks like we might be getting a Bitmoji. Let's see what's going on here, man. Uh, Bitcoin Magazine is writing June 5th, 2019. Bitcoin symbol to be introduced to Apple and Microsoft platforms. Well, 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 well. Apple and Microsoft have announced a Bitcoin symbol to be included in their upcoming software updates. A Bitcoin symbol. I hope they pick the right one. This has been done before. Uh, These new updates will allow developers and users easy access to the Bitcoin symbol. Apple made several new announcements at WWDC 2019 and recently introduced its SF Symbols app, which provides developers to build on the Apple platform a set of symbols to use. Bitcoin is among the thousands of available symbols. Windows also issued a new update on May 21st, 2019 to its Windows 10 operating system called version 1903, which adds native support for the Bitcoin B. And it looks like they, at least uh, Windows is announcing that they have the proper, the proper one. Okay, that's cool. The symbol has been available as a Unicode 10 character since 2017, but the new update will make it easier for everyday users to add the symbols into text. Nice. In February 2019, Google Keyboards added the Bitcoin symbol to its keyboard, but it was only available for iOS users. Shortly after, Microsoft Excel (laughs) announced support for the Bitcoin symbol. According to the Apple events program, Apple will run a session called Cryptocurrency, oh, I'm sorry, cryptography and your apps on June the 5th, 2019, which was yeah, a couple of days ago, to showcase a new framework to help developers form cryptographic functions. It also introduced CryptoKit, a framework that makes it easier and safer for developers to perform these functions. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, moving on, Jesse Williams, or sorry, Jesse Willems is writing for Bitcoin Magazine as of June the 6th, yesterday. Paxful and AirTM partner to increase Bitcoin adoption in America. Paxful, the peer-to-peer Bitcoin marketplace, is partnering, partnering with AirTM, the peer-to-peer exchange platform and e-wallet, to spearhead and promote Bitcoin mass adoption in Latin America. With this strategic partnership, users will be able to buy and sell Bitcoin from their Paxful accounts using AirTM as a payment method similar to PayPal, with access to a variety of pl- payment platforms including BitMart. The goal is to introduce to 300,000 new customers and open up a market of $6 million in monthly transaction volumes. In an announcement today, June 6, 2019, Paxful CEO Ray Youssef said that Bitcoin adoption in Latin America and especially Venezuela has skyrocketed in the fast past few months as some citizens see the opportunity to move their money into a system without government interference and without the threat of massive inflation. All of Latin American countries, Venezuela, I'm sorry, of all the Latin American countries, Venezuela is the country with the most serious economic and monetary problems and is an important target for Paxful and AirTM's partnership. Oh, I'm going to hold on right there to, you know, make sure that everybody knows that just because Venezuela is, is the worst doesn't mean that there's not a few other Latin American countries that have some serious issues themselves. It ain't just Venezuela, people. All right, so... Let's see, where am I at? Oh, yeah. Yosef told Bitcoin Magazine that Venezuela is also the Latin American country with the highest levels of new crypto adoption. In May, Paxful experienced an increase in Latin American trading volume of around 20%. Quote, Venezuela's inflation rate is projected to reach 10 million or 10 million percent or more in 2019, and more Venezuelans are looking into crypto as an alternative currency. 
The, the growth is slow but steady, end quote, added Youssef. <coughs> AirTM is an e-wallet connected to over 300 bank and e-money systems via a peer-to-peer network and direct bank connections. Users hold their money as dollars or cryptocurrency and can send and receive funds domestically and internationally. AirTM CEO Ruben Galindo told Bitcoin Magazine that they have a shared vision with Paxful, including the belief in the power of peer-to-peer finance to foster financial inclusion for the large numbers of unbanked in countries like Venezuela and Mexico. AirTM is already headquartered in Mexico. Its website recommends quote, shielding Mexican pesos in an AirTM account, commenting on the criticisms that Bitcoin may not be user-friendly enough to make mass adoption realistic, Galindo said, quote, Bitcoin may have its challenges from a user experience perspective, though for those who are underserved or completely shut out from the traditional financial system, it is much more feasible alternative than what is currently available to them, end quote. He added that earlier this year, as part of the airdrop uh, Venezuela campaign, the AirTM team went to the city of Cucuta in Colombia on the Venezuelan border to raise donations and assist Venezuelan refugees. Quote, through our airdrop Venezuela campaign, we aim to educate users even further on the benefits and nuances of using cryptocurrencies, he said. Asked about the possibility possible confusion for new users among the three bitcoins there are not three bitcoins come on bitcoin magazine there's not three bitcoins there's bitcoin and then cheap knockoffs that pretend to be bitcoin but are actually ripoffs let's try this again asked about the possible confusion for new users among the bitcoin and cheap knockoffs yousef said for people who are new to cryptocurrency it may be confusing This is why at Paxful, we keep things simple, focusing solely on Bitcoin. Both our wallet and marketplace use Bitcoin as the universal clearing layer for all forms of payment, end quote. There are many synergies between AirTM and Paxful, and we are excited to partner with them to offer more possibilities to our users and expand globally, noted Galando. I'm sorry, Galindo. Both AirTM and Paxful believe in the future of peer-to-peer finance. As we continue our work in emerging markets, we hope to see economic stability for the underrepresented. (laughs) We hope to see economic stability for the underrepresented takes flight in Latin America and want to be the ones paving the way for those freedoms, added Youssef. So there you go. Now, what I find interesting about this is you have a whole sector of people that are probably going to be better able to use cryptocurrency and what is admittedly a pretty bad user experience because you got to know shit. You got to actually think about things before you do stuff in this space with money. And I get this feeling that some of the, that what we're... How to say it. I don't want to just like say that they're these people are not stupid, but they are un un or under very undereducated. Okay. Is they're you know, they're they're not cranking out like, you know, rocket scientists like all the time or like, you know, deep, you know, deep code programmers kind of thing, right? And it's not like I said, ain't because they're stupid. Nobody's just well, not nobody's stupid, but most people are not stupid and they have the ability to learn. But when your education system is just garbage, right, it becomes very, very, very hard for people in the poor, in the most poor sectors of the most poor countries in the world to be able to gain the kind of, of, uh, of education that you would need to be able to do all, all manner of really cool stuff. Like, you know, I don't know, space flight, right? Well, because of necessity, we might be finding a whole sector of these people that get an ancillary education in some of the hardest shit imaginable because the user experience demands it. It, The user experience of Bitcoin and and most cryptocurrencies demands that you learn you, that not only do you run flat in to a learning curve as high as like the, the, you know, the great wall of China, but then you got to scale it and then scale down the other side. So I think this is actually in, in a way the bad user experience, which a lot of us bitch about, may in fact be the thing 
that causes the most people to learn more about cryptocurrency and the way it works than any book that could possibly be written to make it easy. See what I'm saying? I mean, I don't, I don't know if that actually makes sense, but there's this need and that, that need is what drives things, right? If this was all easy and there was no barrier to entry insofar as how hard this stuff is to understand, then we, we may, it may be a situation where we had done ourselves a, a supreme disservice. And I, I think this is also the natural, the natural progression of user experience in new, um, in new technologies across the board. I don't know that for sure, but it is a sneaky suspicion that I have. In either event, Paxful and uh, AirTM look like they're going to be uh, pulling some serious punches down there in Latin America, and I concur. All right, Landon Manning is writing for Bitcoin Magazine as of June 6th. OKCoin OK launches Malta office, begins European expansion. Ah. Digital asset trading platform OKCoin OK is making moves to expand into the European blockchain space, including the opening of a new office in the island nation of Malta. Nice. In addition to the, this new branch office in Malta, OKCoin OK is also allowing all non-U.S. customers oh God, to deposit and withdraw euros. Users worldwide can conduct euro spot trading for Bitcoin and several other crypto assets, unless you're a United States citizen, because our laws are so freaking twisted and insane that nobody wants to do business with us. How the hell? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I How? Is it that the United States dollar can literally be the most powerful economic tool that the world has ever seen over the last 70, 80 years, and yet nobody can do business with a United States citizen because of fear of being like, I don't know, dragged out of your home in Hungary because you had a you took a dollar from somebody in the United States and then shipped back over here and then tried as a felon? What? Who, I mean, with that kind of with that kind of uh, atmosphere, I'm surprised that anybody ever wants to do business with anybody from the United States. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry that was a little little aside, but I just I just don't get it, people. <clears throat> Continuing on, at a member of the European Union and the Eurozone, Malta has become a hotspot for crypto companies looking to meet new European audiences. In fact. That the nation's own financial services regulator formally enlisted the help of CypherTrace in March 2019 to help them audit the number of crypto asset services in the country for fraud as their, as their help was required to keep up with the volume. <laughs> OKX, another crypto exchange under the same corporate umbrella as OKCoin, set up shop in Malta last April as part of a similar plan to move into the European sphere of influence. OKCoin OK stated that it has further plans to expand into the various regional crypto hubs worldwide. Having opened new offices in both Latin America and the United States within the past year, OKCoin OK claims that the exchange has gained a global reach and we won't stop here. So, okay, well, at least there's, at least there's that. But again, uh, Latin America, a big, big, big target. It's a big target, man. Um, and anybody who's not watching the development of Latin America and cryptocurrency uh, is not watching like one of the larger experiments unfold right before our eyes. Continuing on, this is out of Bitcoin Magazine, June 6th. Japanese tax authorities push for new crypto regulations. Yeah, well, you knew it was coming. If you look like you can be regulated, you're going to be regulated. Crypto-related businesses and individuals have failed to report crypto gains valued at 10 billion yen, roughly $93 million U.S., according to Japanese tax authorities. Asahi Shimbum reported that 30 companies and 50 individuals are being investigated for failure to account for astonishing profits made from cryptocurrency trading over a period of several years. This figure is linked to the sharp rise in value of virtual currencies in recent years. One reason individuals avoid, avoid reporting their gains is due to concerns regarding the tax rate, which can exceed 50% on crypto earnings because they are considered miscellaneous income. Authorities believe that holders of about 7 billion yen have made efforts to conceal their crypto transactions and are considering filing criminal complaints over tax evasion against those who have made large transactions or used methods to mask their identities. 
The Japan Virtual Currency Exchange Association reported that transactions involving five major cryptocurrencies at member exchanges totaled 69.147 trillion yen in fiscal 2017, a 20-fold increase over fiscal 2016 and a 788-fold increase over fiscal 2015. God almighty. New measures are being planned to track transactions of cryptocurrency traders that deal in large amounts of money. The Tokyo Regional Taxation Bureau has asked for operators of several cryptocurrency exchanges to submit a list of their clients' business transactions. Because it would be impossible for tax authorities to track individuals who trade cryptocurrency on foreign exchanges or sell their holdings for other virtual currencies for higher levels of anonymity, a new system that will begin in January will allow authorities to ask private sector exchange operators to provide names of clients under these conditions. Operators who fail to provide such information will be penalized. These measures are designed to implement more regulations on cryptocurrency exchange operators that fail to cooperate with tax investigators and do not properly register before starting operations. According to the Asian Review, the National Tax Agency will deploy about 200 specialists, not nearly enough people, to detect undeclared income gained from cryptocurrency traders. They will be divided into teams and spread among 12 offices nationwide. A senior National Tax Agency official said, quote, The fact that we are able to seek and confirm client data under the force of law will become a powerful weapon. Let that one ring out in your head for what one last time. The fact that we are able to seek and confirm client data under the force of law will become a powerful weapon. So every nation, every government apparently always looks at they're either like our, you know, our I can't remember what senator admitted that our dollar is weaponized, but law is being weaponized. Government is weaponized. Every, everything is a fucking weapon. And frankly, I'm sick of it. I mean, Jesus, is this all that we can really do? Is this the best that humanity can offer as a way to weaponize X, whatever X may be? Is that all our future is? Is How can I weaponize this stick? How can I weaponize this rock? Oh, hey, look, here's a street. And and marauds, how can I weaponize marauds, right? My God, doesn't anybody have any fun anymore? Fuck's sake. God, it's ridiculous. Um, Let's see here. Uh, God, oh, (laughs) no, that, I I, I got it. I'm sorry, I'm saving that one for later. (laughs) Uh, Reuters is reporting as of June 5th, a Dutch big brother Creator sues Facebook over fake Bitcoin ads. And it's not even James Altucher. This is being written by Toby Sterling out of Amsterdam. Dutch billionaire John DeMol filed a lawsuit against Facebook on Wednesday for allowing fake ads on its platform, which used his name and image to perpetrate Bitcoin-related fraud. Lawyers for Del Mall, the businessman who created the Big Brother reality television program, told an Amsterdam district court judge that the company had failed to prevent the ads and had not responded in a timely fashion to complaints. The ads, which have now been removed, entice people to send money to purchase Bitcoin or participate in fake cryptocurrency-related businesses with claims of DeMaul's involvement, endorsement, or backing. DeMaul's lawyers want the court to order Facebook to fix its procedures to automatically block ads featuring DeMaul and cryptocurrency, which they say have caused him reputational damage. Jesus. Facebook lawyer Jens Vandenbrink. Jens Vandenbrink. God, that a name. That is a hell of a name. Said the company could not be forced to monitor all ads on its platform at all times, and the company had removed the ads and questions quickly after being made aware of complaints. Vanderbrink also said Facebook had met with the Dutch financial markets regulator AFM earlier this week to discuss ways to combat scammers. Lawyers for Del Mall said that consumers had been swindled out of 1.7 million euros, roughly around $1.9 million US, by DeMol linked ads and that he was only one of several Dutch celebrities targeted. Facebook should take preemptive action to block such ads and its current vetting system, which relies in part on users self-reporting problems, was not enough, Shap said. <clears throat> I don't know what reality Facebook lives in, but that doesn't work, lawyer Jacqueline Shap said. 
Del Mole also sought <clears throat> guarantees Facebook would hand over information about the people who created such advertisements so that it could be given to the police. My God, people. Judge Reem Dadok Van Heel. Man. I need to work on this, who noted that she did not use Facebook herself, questioned Vanderbrink closely on whether Facebook's vetting included checking the content of web pages that advertisements linked to. Vanderbrink said yes, but the company's software can be tricked by advertisers who change links in their ads or disguise the current, the content of those pages. A problem Facebook has been trying to fight, he said. Before the hearing, Rob Leathern, a manager of California-based Facebook, told reporters the company was trying its best to pre- prevent fraudulent ads. Quote, the people who push these kinds of ads are persistent. They are well-funded and they are constantly evolving their deceptive tactics to get around our systems. Judge Dadok Dehill did not set a date to rule on the case. She remarked near the end of Wednesday's hearing that it seemed possible the two sides might be able to reach some agreement. And that's going to do it for that article. But man, I mean, can can you imagine trying to vet all that? I mean, it's it's an impossible situation. And quite frankly, uh, you know, and this kind of goes back to what I was ranting about earlier. I think people just need to figure out a way to just sack up and just, you know, if there's got to be at one point or another where you, like if if like I'm walking down the street with my son and my son accidentally kicks a rock and that rock happens to fly and hit my neighbor in the shin. Is it always just going to be a fucking automatic lawsuit? What is wrong with everybody? Look, I, I get that your face was used to, you know, have deceptive ad practices, but my God, man, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like we have entered into this, this cesspool of litigiousness where nobody can take a joke and nobody has a thick skin anymore. And apparently nobody has what's what, what is known as water off a duck's back ability. You know, come on, guys. Stop freaking out about everything, especially when it comes to Australia. This is going to be one of two Australian stories that I cover. And the second one is not related to crypto at all. But this one is Australia targets cryptocurrencies in international tax crackdown. This is coming June 6th by Shane Wright out of the Sydney Morning Herald. Australian tax officials are investigating a dozen transnational high-end tax avoidance schemes dedicated or detected through global data sharing by key countries focused on the abuse of cryptocurrencies. Ah, oh, man, don't beat my crypto. Following a meeting of the 15 of the J5 group of tax authorities from Australia, the United States, Britain, and the Netherlands, and Canada, the Australian Taxation Office confirmed up to another 50 lines of inquiry were being considered as part of a global sweep. The J5 was formed a year ago because of growing concerns that tax avoidance, cybercrime, and cryptocurrency abuse were escalating as criminals exploited differences between national tax laws. Since its creation, <coughs> The tax authorities of the five nations have shared more data between them than they did over the whole of the previous decade. God, our own governments are tattling on us to other governments. ATO Deputy Commissioner Will Day said 60 investigations were underway by the J5 members, with Australia directly involved in 12. At least one of those being targeted was a global financial institution and its intermediaries, which are believed to have enabled taxpayers to hide assets and income details. He said there was clear evidence of people based in Australia who were facilitating the avoidance of tax or partnering with others in overseas jurisdictions in criminal activity. The partnering of the ATO and other members of the J5 meant far more information was now available that underpinned data matching activities aimed specifically at tax criminals. Quote, at no other time have criminals been at greater risk of being caught. Mr. Day said, in Australia, they are often intermediaries who are playing a role between the tax evader and an offshore entity. A key focus has been on cryptocurrencies. The Netherlands Tax Agency recently took offline a cryptocurrency mixer with information from that being analyzed and shared with other J5 members. Crypto mixing services increase the anonymity of holders of cryptocurrency. An algorithm is used to mix the data that potentially identifies the holder of the currency with other holders, making it extremely difficult to track ultimate ownership of the asset. 
Mr. Day said, links between cryptocurrency investment and money laundering were a particular concern with criminals using the online currencies to avoid detection. He said tax evasion via cryptocurrency was not a victimless crime. I'd like to victimize every single government on this planet at this moment. Sorry. We're seeing the use of cryptocurrencies in ways that we haven't seen before, he said. At the Australian level, there is definitely legitimate use for investment in cryptocurrencies, but we're also seeing the use of them to facilitate tax crimes. Information among the J5 is now being shared in a more organized manner, including thorough, oh, I'm sorry, including through a computer network that enables the agencies to compare, analyze, and exchange data anonymously. And that'll do it for that article. Oh, it's just painful to read some of this shit because it's just like, it becomes even more and more and more evident that the governments of the world do not like their people. They don't like us. If you're a government official, then you hate me. And I don't know why it's like, I, I didn't kick your dog. I didn't break into your house and steal your shit. You know, why do you guys hate us so much, man? It's just, it's, it's, it's horrible. Um, but not as horrible as this one. Now, this is the second article from out of Australia uh, that I was talking about. Has nothing to do with cryptocurrency, uh, but it's pretty damn chilling. Australian journalists fear for press freedom after two police raids. This is Rishi Iyengar and Angus Watson writing out of CNN Business Wednesday, June the 5th. Uh, two police raids in two days on Australia's national broadcaster and a prominent journalist have raised concerns about press freedom in the country. I'm going to stop and repeat that. There was a raid. That's like the BBC being raided in Britain. This is Australia's national broadcaster and they got raided. Check it out, man. Police searched the offices of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation in Sydney on Wednesday, saying in a statement they were acting on a referral from the country's defense forces over allegations of publishing classified materials. ABC linked the police investigation to a series of stories it published in 2017 called The Afghan Files, which revealed allegations of unlawful killings and misconduct by Australian special forces in Afghanistan. The network slammed the raids and vowed to stand by its journalists. Quote, this is a serious development and raises legitimate concerns over freedom of press and proper public scrutiny of national security and defense matters, ABC Managing Director David Anderson said in a statement emailed to CNN. The ABC stands by its journalists, will protect its sources, and continue to report without fear or favor on national security and intelligence issues When there is a clear public interest, he added. John Lyons, the network's executive editor and head of investigative journalism, tweeted on Wednesday that the warrant allows police to add, copy, delete, or alter material on ABC's computers. I'm going to read that one more time. John Lyons, the network's executive editor and head of investigative journalism, tweeted on Wednesday that the warrant allows police to add, copy, delete, or alter material on ABC's computers. If that doesn't just make you have an oh shit moment, I don't know what will. The police seized several documents but agreed to seal them for two weeks in order to give ABC time to appeal the warrant. The raid on ABC comes a day after police visited a residence of a suburb in the Australian capital Canberra That raid was also related to the alleged publishing of information classified as an official secret, police said in a statement. They went to somebody's house, people. They raided a citizen's house for this shit. Australian media and several press freedom advocacy groups identified the residence as the home of journalist Anika Smethurst, National politics editor at the Sunday Telegraph and other newspapers owned by News Corp, billionaire Rupert Murdoch's media conglomerate. News Corp Australia did not immediately respond for a request for comment, but said in a statement to CNN affiliate SBS that the raid was outrageous and heavy handed. Quote, this raid demonstrates a dangerous act of intimidation towards those committed to telling uncomfortable truths, a spokesperson said. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison said the country believes strongly in the freedom of the press in comments posted on his official website. 
<laughs> quote, there are also clear rules protecting Australia's national security and everybody should operate in accordance with all of those laws, Morrison added. Australian police said in a statement Wednesday that the two raids were not connected. Bullshit. But they have sparked outrage from journalists and watchdog groups that say the government is clamping down on press freedom. Quote, together, these extraordinary and intrusive police actions indicate a worrying attitude on the part of law enforcement, security agencies, and the federal government, which is contrary to the public's right to know, in quote, the National Press Club of Australia said in a statement, they appear calculated to intimidate would-be whistleblowers from coming forward in the public interest and prevent journalists from doing their jobs. National broadcasters elsewhere also expressed concern. The BBC described the raids on ABC as, quote, deeply troubling attack on press freedom. At a time when the media is becoming less free around the world, it is highly worrying if a public broadcaster is being targeted for doing its job of reporting in the public interest, the BBC said in a statement. And that'll end it for that smoldering pile of garbage. So the army, essentially the Australian army, their military raided their their national broadcasting service the military i mean i wonder if they pointed like you know submachine guns at people because in australia the military are the only people that have submachine guns and most of any other kind of gun quite frankly but yeah this is this should scare the living daylights out of anybody with a brain and a couple of ears ah oh, man okay getting back into some good news out of Yahoo Finance, Ryan Todd writes for the block, and I, I guess Yahoo Finance picked up the block crypto. Uh, CME Bitcoin futures saw new records in both volume and open interest in May, adding over 200 new trading accounts. Jeez, my God. All right, CME Group announced that its Bitcoin futures product had its best month since the product first launched in late 2017, hitting fresh highs in both volume and open interest in May. Average daily volume within the month finished at more than 13,600 contracts or 515 million USD traded value. Man, up 36% since April and over 250% year over year open interest or the number of contracts left unsettled. Also saw all-time highs of 4,602 total contracts up 80% since last May 2018. Oh, man. The Derivatives Exchange also stated that the Bitcoin product added 223 new trading accounts in May, the most it's seen since January 2018, and a sign that institutional interest has indeed picked up. So, nice. That's good news. This is not. India's insane anti-crypto bill proposes 10-year prison sentence for Bitcoin adopters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good luck. Now, this is out of CCN, which is not my favorite um, news outlet for, for Bitcoin because I, I have seen way too many anti-Bitcoin uh, uh, publications or uh, uh, reports out of them. But whatever, this is, a, this is as good as it gets, I guess, for this stupid news. Lawmakers in India have promoted, proposed a bill which would see Bitcoin and crypto ownership made completely illegal with as much as a 10-year prison sentence for anyone caught holding. <laughs> this coincides directly with India's plans to launch its own state-backed cryptocurrency, the digital rupee. <coughs> as per the banning of cryptocurrency and regulation of official digital currency bill, <coughs> anyone involved in the Bitcoin or crypto ecosystem would face criminal punishment. The bill proposes a 10-year prison sentence for persons who, quote, mine, generate, hold, sell, transfer, dispose, issue, or deal in cryptocurrencies directly or indirectly. That's a wide net, yo. Anyone caught committing such crimes would be subject to non-bailable sentences, according to the draft bill sourced by Bloomberg Quint. The bill also states that the punishment will be made to fit the crime with the person's crypto profits used against them. As per the bill, courts will use the following four criteria when handing out sentences. Quote, culpability of the accused, actual and intended gain made, and lost cause caused repetitive nature of offense, harm caused to the system. Even worse, any potential fines levied by the courts would be three times as much as the profit of the, indi the individual made in the first place. 
from Bloomberg Quint, quote, the penalty imposed on the accused, according to the bill, shall be either thrice the loss caused to the system or threefold the gains made by him or her, whichever is higher. If the loss or gain can't be reasonably determined, the maximum fine that can be imposed may be notified by the government. Shit. Okay, that's going to do it out uh, from that CCN article. But, you know, that's... I don't even know what to say about that. Because, again, you know, the... the I guess it's the phrase, the loss caused to the system. What does it say? Yeah. Um, the penalty imposed on the accused, according to the bill, shall be either thrice the loss caused to the system or threefold the gains made by him or her, whichever is higher. Now, the loss caused to the system. You know, it sounds an awfully lot like we're anthropomorphizing a fucking nothing. The system? What is the system? We're all the system, I guess. I mean, it is anthropomorphic, anthropomorphizing a non-human. Okay? That's what this is. And anytime that that happens, when people refer to a, a, a non-human entity as something that can be harmed, your first your very, very first inkling should be to turn around, walk away from that person and never speak with them again because they don't know what the fuck is going on in the world. These are not humans. You're treating governments and militaries and, you know, other agencies as if they can be harmed. They cannot be harmed. They either exist or they don't exist. That's it. But anthropomorphizing systems and militaries and all this other bullshit is a complete waste of fucking time. Please don't do it. That's going to do it for your morning roundup. Oh, sorry about the blown uh, blood vessels there, but, you know, some things just really, really... Piss me off. Uh, but vital statistics is always a nice, calming, calming thing. So let's get into it. Bitcoin is at an average of 7,969. It looks like the high is going to be over at Simex at 8,016. The low is going to be at right BTC at 7,935. So pretty tight, pretty tight trading range. 338,000 transactions have been made over the last 24 hours with a Average per hour sent of 14,000 transactions. The number of BTC sent in the last 24 hours was 1.5 million BTC, and the average sent per hour is 63.5 thousand BTC. Average transaction volume or value is 4.5 BTC, and the median transaction value is 0.037, or right around 300 bucks USD, which is where I'd normally like just have been seeing it over the, since I've been doing this show and I like it when it's a 300. Clearly I want it to get more, but for right now it just seems stable. Uh, block time is consistent at nine minutes, 52 seconds. 0.7 BTC are being taken on a per, uh, per block basis on fees and 110 BTC have been taking, taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. We've lost 5.85% hash rate in the last 24 hours, but we are at 57.38 exahashes per second. So we're, man, we're, we're pretty high up there, dudes. Uh, the last uh, GitHub commit to the core was uh, yesterday sometime. From left to right, Ethereum at 250, Litecoin at 115, Bcash at 400, BSV at 200, Ethereum Classic at $8, and Dogecoin at 0 0.0031. Let's see. Did they beat? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. It, he didn't beat. Now, Do Doge did not beat neither Bcash or BSV, which are both sub 50,000 transactions over the last 24 hours. Anyway, that's going to do it for your vital statistics. Uh, Marty's Bent is for Thursday, June the 6th, 2019, issue number 499, time to turn around again. 
He's got a quote from Jennifer Ablin, says, St. Louis Fed's Bullard interest rate cut may be warranted soon on trade inflation risks. And what does Marty have to say about it? Uh, he says, it seems as though we are all that we are at an all too familiar juncture here in America, the point at which we can no longer continue to raise the Fed funds rate nor sustain elevated levels lest we put the economy in a precarious situation. The warning bell seemed to be going off on the back of the raging trade war as certain Fed governors have come out posturing that rate cuts may be on the horizon. The question this time around is, how low can we go? After keeping rates below 0.25% for seven years, we've so slowly trended towards the ceiling we are currently brushing up against with the Fed fund rate, peaking at 2.42%. I believe the lowest point that was reached during the last easing period was 0.07%, or seven basis points for those who are uninitiated. Pretty hard to go much lower than that without breaking through the x-axis. Is NIRP coming to the land of the free quicker than most people expect? Maybe. The chart above only captures the Fed's rate-setting history so far this century. If you go back two more decades to the 1980s, you will notice that the FFR has been making lower highs and lower lows on its drift towards 0% and below as the Fed becomes more and more helpless against the consequences of its monetary experiment. To me, the writing on the wall seems pretty clear. With a completely depleted arsenal of tools and actions that can no longer be utilized, the Fed's hand will soon be forced to revert to quantitative easing and experimenting with negative rates. The normalization campaign is already well underway, and then Marty has a tweet of his own. He says the normalization of NERP is in full force, essentially an immediate tax on an individual's bank deposits to make up for the folly of modern monetary policy. Keep your hard-earned money safe from these incompetent kleptocrats by Bitcoin. And he's got this uh, European Central Bank tweet that he's retweeting, says Draghi is saying negative rates have been quite successful. And I remember when that was made, that was actually back all the way back on March the 7th. So anyway, uh, Marty's final thought, never been a big late guy. The ocean is a far superior mistress. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Marty, for that disheartening news. And you're probably correct. Um, yeah, the Fed funds rate, it's like they can't do anything anymore. And that's kind of sad. Um, maybe y'all shouldn't have dabbled in fiat currency. And if you hadn't have done that, you probably would have been able to cut Bitcoin off at the past before it was ever even incepted. But no, no, you guys screwed up and we're all, we're all going to somehow or another, no matter if you're holding or not holding, if you're holding, you're, you're in better shape than if you're not holding, but it's probably all going to be very distressful in the long run. I just can't imagine having to pay money to keep my money in the bank. It's, the whole notion is beyond my capacity for human thought. Anyway, that's going to do it for Marty's Bent. Thank you, Marty. It just didn't feel right to put like a really intense or upbeat song here. So I'm picking the Luminaires. yourself a toothbrush deal, pack yourself a favorite blouse, take a withdrawal slip, take all of your savings out, cause if we don't leave this town, we might never make it out, I was not born and drown, baby come on. Get what Father Brennan said We were not born in sin Leave a note on your bed Let your mother know you're safe And by the time she wakes We'll have driven through the state We'll have driven through the night Baby, come on 
has north, tail south. Sure. Fair enough. Okay. If the sun don't shine And if the subway's flooded, bridge is great. Well, you train wreck couldn't be any more fun than this because yeah it's about ripple <laughs> here we go thailand's largest commercial bank reverses its statement that it would use xrp soon yeah that's right um okay let's 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 kind of dig into this um Kess thinks writes, why did at SCB underscore Thailand delete the XRP ripple tweet? Uh, and then SCB Thailand writes back. We are so sorry for the previous information of the previous post. As of now, we have no plan on using XRP. So everybody was all happy that this bank in central bank in Thailand, um, which is their largest, I guess their largest commercial bank, it's not their central bank. It's their largest commercial bank uh, was going to start using Ripple. And they had intimated that, you know, I don't know when uh, it got lost in, in all the other bullshit Ripple news. Uh, and now they've just completely reversed and said they have no plans on using XRP, which you can imagine the XRP community is probably like just swinging from trees and beating their chest. And I don't see it much anymore because I'm like pretty much blocked by everybody in the <laughs> in that community. Uh, but yeah, there's your shit coin, man. It's, it's garbage. It's a garbage coin. And I don't know why you people keep thinking that it's going to do anything. It's not, it's crap. XRP is one of the worst projects I've ever seen. And it has just collected some of the worst sorts of people I've ever seen. It's just, it's amazing that you guys can keep a straight face when you're, when you say I like ripple or XRP is not Ripple or Ripple is not all these in all this insanity that you guys repeat all the time. I'm sorry, man. You got a shit coin. You're holding a bag of shit. And anybody in their right mind that uses it is going to deserve everything they get, which is probably an exit scam from the leaders of Ripple Labs. So anyway, there's your smoldering pile for the day. Terrible Joke Corner brought to you by Bad Joke Cat. What did the lifeguard say to the drowning hippie? You're too far out, man. <laughs> Let's just leave that there. And unlike that joke, um, y'all have a wonderful weekend. Um, I'm out. Um, 
It is Friday. I'm looking forward to my weekend. This is going to be great. Uh, if it's not terribly too hot, we're going to go on a hike uh, tomorrow. And oh man, it's just it's just a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time to be in the Panhandle of Texas. Believe it or not, there is some serious beauty out here. And what I've noticed is I, I've only moved like a, you know a little over 100 miles away from Lubbock, you know north. It, so I used to live in Lubbock. And now I'm like up in the, the, the true panhandle section of, of Texas. And one of the things that I did not expect was the change in the tone of light. Um, you'll hear architects and painters um, and all manner of people talk about the light of a city. Uh, they'll talk about how Rome has beautiful light. Um, Paris has beautiful light there, you know, and, and, and how light plays an integral part of, of their architecture or how they, they view items if they're going to, you know, do paintings and stuff like that. But I got to tell you, man, one of the, one of the highest quality lights that I've ever seen is Santa Fe, New Mexico. There's something about the light in Santa Fe that is absolutely gorgeous. That's the exact same light that I'm getting here. Every time that I look out and it's like either, you know, getting into, later sort of like later in the evening or early in the morning, there's this gold tone to the light that just makes everything look warm. And there's just something, there's something about it. I can't really, you know, I can't describe it well enough, but if you ever get a chance to get in, get to Texas, get in touch with me, if you're going to be able to, to come up to the panhandle and there's a, a few places that really, really should not be missed. Um, and, and we'll, you know, maybe have a, a couple of beers or something like that. Anyway, uh, y'all have a wonderful time on your weekend, and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.